It's Yom Kippur, and I need to atone, although not as much as Aaron. I may not be invited, and if you don't like that, you can leave. <laughs> Honestly, an iconic Meredith Marks, the anger of Meredith Marks as just like a quote machine, a meme machine, is something I have not witnessed so consistently of late. And I thank her for that. I really do thank her for that. It's a beautiful thing. All the demons that she summoned that day. I think <laughs> I think each one of them. I really do. We are truly blessed. And you guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 461-ish. And I'm so excited to have a return guest, someone who is a hashtag writer girl, whose work I love as a writer and editor and so much more. You know him as editor of the Daily Beast Obsessed, a pop culture website, which I have written on <laughs> time and time again. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Kevin Fallon. Kevin, how are we? Oh, I'm I'm just great. How are you? I'm so good. First off, we're recording this on like the quite literal holiest day for Jews. So I mean, can I just get a couple, you know, blue stars for Mazel Toving? <laughs> the fact that um AGs are getting a new episode. So good Yontif to anybody who is observing Yom Kippur, hopefully had an easy and meaningful fast if they participated. Um, really everybody but Erin, who uh, we, I guess we really, she's got some atonin, Kevin Fallon. She really does. Are we going to post this with the Marjorie Taylor Greene graphic with the menorah and the and the horn? Did you see that? No. What she is posted that? Happy Yom Kippur to all of her followers with a graphic that had a, a menorah on it. And then the... the, the shofar? Yeah, the, the shofar. Um... Yeah, the menorah. I mean, first off, saying happy Yom Kippur. That's something I like to say to people when I'm being extra sarcastic. So because that's not like actually something that you say on mm -hmm. what is considered and, and what quite literally is for many Jews uh, who observe it, the Day of Atonement, a day in which you really are thinking about your behavior in the last year and how you can start the Jewish New Year, you know, strong and taking accountability for yourself. It reminds me every year of Yom Kippur, I think about a moment from my childhood <laughs> when a family friend who I always kind of thought was, I don't want to say like a piece of shit, but like sort, you know, like even as a little kid, especially as a little kid, you get vibes from people where you're like something about you ain't right you know right. where it's like somebody's yeah. like a little off and i remember it was the night before it was cold nidre night before yom kippur and he or maybe it was at services that day i forget but we were with them um you know because it's everybody like sits together whatever else and he turned to his kids in the middle of services or after services. And he said, you know, no matter what you have done to me over the last year, I forgive you. And I thought to myself, what a shitty thing to say <laughs> to your like tween children when you the point of Yom Kippur is to you yourself take responsibility, not remind your kids that they may have fucked up and then be like, but I'm, you know, I'm the better he's man. The, he's a victim, yeah. 
he truly was. I was I I was so annoyed because I was obviously that I I bore witness, and ever since then I I think to myself on the anniversary of Yom Kippur of when a certain somebody was kind of a dick to his kids. That's kind of like my my memorial <laughs> to that <laughs> moment. I have to say, um, listen, Kevin Fallon, what an episode of New York to unpack. I feel like so much happened, but I need to get your reaction to, because you were at the New York premiere, right? We hung out. Yeah, I was there. I was um, I was narrowly uh, avoiding puked on by Jessel. That page six story, like I, it, it happened next to me and I looked to my friend um, who I think is a friend of the podcast and I won't name him because I don't want to bring him into all this drama, both reporters. And I looked in and I said, are either of us going to report on this? And he said, uh, I don't think it's worth it. And then the next day, page six did it. <laughs> As an exclusive. But we literally, were, we were standing there and she puked next to us. Like like the splashes were on my little, my, my little feet's. Well, I mean, I don't know if that is going to be in the Housewives Museum at BravoCon, <laughs> but it certainly should be. And to think, I remember when we all kind of like found out what had happened, certainly like sort of a little later into the party, into the event. But the fact that that happened, fr- and it wasn't alcohol related or anything else, she genuinely no, yeah. Was, and I will say, like, 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 like bug, she, she, she lo- clearly looked sick. Yeah. Like, it, like it, she did not look like a person who was like wasted and was puking because of that. Like the way that you would think a housewife would puke at her party. Um, she she looked like she was ill. And she was really trying to find the bathroom, and it was just far from where she was. And she ended up puking on the way to the bathroom. But she ended up puking on the way to the bathroom right next to me. <laughs> And for that to have happened from Jessel, who is just giving us, I mean, the canon of iconic moments and kind of like personality quirks that she has bestowed upon the Bravo audience, that's that moment of her like ostensibly on her phone taking notes when Uba mm-hmm. and Aaron are chatting, just l- sort of minding her own business, aka getting into other people's, <laughs> was like a silent film. I mean, it just that that image will stay with me forever, I have to say. She's like a great example of like not to judge a housewife too soon. Because I really thought that she was a dud when the show started. Like, she did not have, like, an electric, explosive, like, launch to the season. But she has become so funny, first of all. Her and her husband are, like, icons. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, yeah, like, this, like, new drama with her on the phone has been just hysterical. Also, I'm very into Sai um, fucking up the translation of what was actually happening when she told Aaron about it, where she said, you know, um, Jessel's taking notes on everybody. And then they have a little bit of a laugh over like, I I don't know, considering her a joke or something in that moment. And it's like, actually, no, she's only doing it for Aaron. But Sai, if you keep trying, she'll probably (laughs) do it for you, too. But the, the fun thing here is that she's actually not doing it for everybody. She's doing it. Well, for those who really deserve it, nothing to do it for with Sai, who my my phone autocorrects Sai to sad, <laughs> and I don't fix it because there has never been more of a boring main housewife. I think in memory, I think she's so just a nothing burger. I the thing that I appreciate about Sai, I have to say, is that I think Sai 
came onto the show thinking that she would be the breakout star. And there's nothing better than watching that plane refuse to land because she's not right. a breakout. Have that confidence that like that ego ever like even even this episode where she was like, I'm going to I'm going to be the mediator for all this beef. I'm like, sure, maybe all you want, but you're not part of the drama. That's the issue. The issue is that you're never a part of any of the storylines. Also, her only mediation was trying to police Uba's responses because when Erin shouted at Uba and like called her a bitch or whatever she said, I forget the actual language, Sai said nothing. So it's like, sweetie, you could be a mediator, but only to, I mean, your own interests, I guess. And those interests yeah. remain with Erin because I found myself like hardcore rolling my eyes and being like, ugh, like audibly sighing and groaning when Sai was attempting to to insert herself into the conversation. And by conversation, I mean conflict because she was doing nothing to actually And when help. Like, even Bryn told her, like, Sai, you're the mediator. Like, Bryn was saying that to her and you could see Bryn be like, you know, her her, her back sat straighter and she was like really mm -hmm. proud of this. But it's like, you're doing nothing. You're just like a school mom. Yeah. Yeah, and we're now 11 episodes in. So noting that we were, you know, introduced to the cast that night and potentially had our own expectations or perceptions of how the season is going to go, what's your mid-season plus status on New New York and on the cast? Is there anybody who has really surprised you, good, bad, or or neither? I mean, I think that um, you're going to not like this. And I mean, I hope this isn't a public recording that other people will hear this opinion because <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure they're According not like to Bravo, either. it's not. <laughs> According to Bravo, it's not. So I think you're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Aaron is a perfect housewife. I, I never expected to think this. I think Aaron is a perfect housewife. I don't particularly like her. The way that I don't like Ramona, the way that I don't like Kyle Richards. Um, but I think that she is doing exactly what the show needs her to do to be a good show. And I think this is actually a great season. Like I, I had my doubts. I had my skepticism. I think this is a great Real Housewives season. It's a great reboot. It's different enough from the original one while still having the same sort of like silly New York City vibes that would like Sonia and Luann would bring to it. Um, and I think Aaron is the key to making this work because Aaron, for everything that Uba was screaming at her for at the hot tub, mm. those are all the reasons why she's a good housewife. <laughs> she's she's the person who is being duplicitous. She's stirring the pot. She is the one who takes offense at every nonsensical issue. Like who cares what Bryn said to her husband at the engagement? I mean, at the anniversary party. Who cares? You know what you know sides said about the cheese board the fact that Aaron actually makes these issues is what is making the show work and is what making the show a new york city housewife show um i mean i obviously would like personally probably not handle things the same way that she would but i personally wouldn't handle those things the same way that most housewives would and that's why i watched the show um so yeah so my my like hot take is that Aaron is actually great. Well, Kevin Fallon, I have in fact shared that hot take on previous episodes of AG. I 
totally agree. I think she's a great housewife. And one of the reasons that I think that is because she's, to me, consistently wrong. Like she uh, she <laughs> does things against her best interest if you're thinking only of like the Q rating. But if you are thinking of, is this person going to get a next season? Most certainly she is because she's mm-hmm. talking shit about Jenna and spreading, you know, hot goss that Jenna looks down on everybody else. She's taking offense for several weeks at Bryn. There's this week's episode where I thought she was totally flat out wrong from beginning. Uh, so I, I, to I don't end. agree with that actually. Okay, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. So this is well, this is where we'll disagree. Like, I actually think that Uba, like, for every everything that I think Aaron said in this episode was right, and and actually everything that Jen Alliance said in this episode was right, where Uba just took things too far. No, I totally disagree. I I I, I think it was a silly prank, and sure, maybe Aaron took the prank too far, but to then turn that into this entire day of vitriol and screaming and then to get everyone else i found that that hot tub scene to actually be really upsetting because of the way aaron was being treated like i like when aaron started crying like i actually thought that was warranted like i can tell that you don't agree with that but i look at (laughs) to have five people sitting in a arch in front of you all screaming at you about why you're a piece of like like why you're bad is really upsetting and i don't think a fact that she took a person's phone <laughs> for a prank warranted any of that okay um guys if you could have seen the massive i i i rolled for about 45 seconds if you know um the whatever what is it the fucking world record setting book if if those people the guinness are, book of world records if the guinness book of world records is aware of the eye roll that I just gave. I think I will be getting a plaque later this week and I would appreciate it. So, you know, does it suck? Could it be upsetting when a bunch of people are holding you accountable for your behavior? Yeah. Like that can be really upsetting, but does that mean she shouldn't be held accountable for her behavior? I don't know. And while I get what Jenna was saying, which I also thought was entirely slanted toward like, Uba's doing too much, which she was, <laughs> but it's but it's all Come based on, on the like, idea. Like, no, it's all based on the idea. Am I yelling right now? Well, actually, this is a bad example. I actually probably am yelling. But like, as someone <laughs> who has an outdoor voice that I use twenty four seven, there's a difference between like me emphatically speaking and yelling. I don't know that like the screaming of it all, the way that they were encapsulating. Also, Uba was standing, was standing in the hot tub on a platform, towering over Aaron. She's a screaming. tall lady. She's a model screaming at her and then had the people behind her also like saying bad things to her too. It just, it became a little, I know that it, I want to say this in a way that I, I don't want to, um, to be perceived that I'm, I'm doing the, a, a person of color is being angry and therefore they you don't want to, like, you don't want to play into a, the trope that Uba also addressed during a portion of the episode where of the right. quote unquote, angry black woman. I acknowledge that trope and I reject where that trope. Her and upset I, is weaponized. Right. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to be, be playing into that at all, but I thought that, but I, that aside, I did think that the dynamic of that, that um hot tub scene was really um severe and aggressive and a little too much 
Okay, I hear you and I get that, but I think like I understand your perspective, but I I have to disagree and part of that disagreement begins with the fact that Aaron is trying to take like the moral high ground and saying, "Well, I would never react that way and I'm too grown for this essentially." while the core issues stem from the fact that she was playing pranks. Like, she at one point compared Uba to that of a child and was like, well, I have four younger siblings, so I know how to interact with this person. And I'm thinking like, okay, so you're saying that she's being emotionally immature, but you're playing pranks. Like as a grown ass adult, it it wasn't enough yeah. that you did the pu- the pushing of the pool happened. Sai was your surrogate and pushed Uba into the pool and you should be done. The fact that you continued, it's like it's neither here nor there that it was 45 minutes long. You continued to play a prank because she literally said at one point in the episode, she literally said this. And by literally, it might be figuratively, but I do think it's literally <laughs> that she said I was she did the prank to annoy her. Well, guess what, sweetie? She got annoyed. So we're now upset that she's upset. And it's like, well, you're playing stupid fucking pranks. You're going to get a stupid fucking response. Listen, there's two things are true. One is playing pranks as an adult. There's nothing more annoying than that. There's nothing more annoying than a person who plays pranks as an adult, except for the person who gets annoyed at pranks. Like the, that to me, like, it's like, yes, Aaron was annoying in the first place for doing the prank. The fact that Uba is this outraged about it and makes it into this whole big thing, I think, is the bigger sin. But Aaron was also making it into a whole big thing. The difference between the two is that Uba was actually engaged and interested in listening to Aaron. She at one point did the thing that Aaron couldn't do either because she refused to or she doesn't understand how, which was when they were talking, Uba said, like, I understand how you could feel that way. I'm. She was validating Aaron's upset, which Aaron refused to to do now a part of the issue was that uba then like lost her phone again what i assume (laughs) we will get in more information about my perception of what she wanted to show aaron i assume is like the series of good nights and good mornings that she shares with her family and to me this gets into less of you know it was only gone for 45 minutes and more of this is why i was upset and this is like the record of what i always do and i felt like that was going to be taken away from me and you didn't you may not know that you you wouldn't have had that knowledge but I want to share that with you versus what Aaron did which was like well if you didn't you know if you didn't realize it was a prank you should have asked me if it was a prank which is like there are all of these expectations against Uba and her reasoning behind her upset and the actual resulting behavior with the upset that Aaron's not applying to herself and and I have to say That while I do think I am someone who's emotionally empathetic, I really do. I lean very on the side of like empathizing with someone who's upset. I also have been known to have very fucking strong takes and people listening do not have to agree with what I'm about to say. You really don't. I'm not saying I'm right in this. Unlike Aaron, when I'm expressing an opinion, I don't consider that fact. So like Mm -hmm. Jessel being quote unquote annoying is not in fact a fact, Aaron. Like, sweetie, that's a quite literal opinion. All that being said, Aaron being upset does not give her the right to then, like, 
expect an apology from Uba and then move on. At no right. point did Erin take responsibility for her behavior and how she was creating a narrative around Uba and being scared of being friends with her. And you can say that like, I have an opinion and I, you know, understand uh, the tropes that have been used. And if I was Aaron, I would be taking a moment to think about the reaction that some people have had to this episode. And some of that reaction is a little bit of a like, how fucking dare you turn this into you being the victim? I think Aaron hasn't been held accountable for her behavior. And some of that is because the cast is not aware of her behavior. But I think this episode was like the sort of a little bit of a convening around it. Now, do I totally agree with like Bryn's perspective about how Aaron is incorrect in like making assumptions about how Bryn treated Abe? I don't agree with that because we've seen the footage of right. Bryn doing the thing that she swears she absolutely didn't do and would never do, which was like using the word divorce or whatever else. But also, I thought it was very manipulative. I really did. I thought it was very... Ma- I get that Aaron was upset, but I think that her instinct was being emotionally manipulative so that she could... That was her way of de-escalating the situation, was to start to cry. I don't believe... And I have the right to say this, and I could be 100% wrong. I, I, 100% I, wrong. I, I give you that space, yeah, yeah. We died. We died. We stand. We stand. I really genuinely do believe that she sort of turtled down and did the whole like, I'm so sorry, I'm so upset because it was a way of getting attention off of a certain pressure when people were raising questions about her behavior and the way that she has been involved in, you know, gossiping, whatever else. I really genuinely believe that. And it's why I was so annoyed at Psy because I felt like Psy was doubling down on that perception and also Sai saying in a fucking confessional that like yes I totally understand the trope that is uh used against uh, a really ugly stereotype that's used to quiet and critique and judge um when a black woman is upset she acknowledged that and then she was like oh but I don't think that's the situation she doesn't have the right to decide that like nobody really has the right to decide that except for Uba and Uba discussing it I think was incredibly important because in watching this episode and watching language that Aaron used when you use like a little earlier the way that we were discussing behavior like you can discuss someone's behavior but there are specific words that are connected to a history that has spoiler alert I know people when people hate that I use this word but it's one of the ones that I hold dear like weaponized the upset of black women as a way to contribute to a stereotype that is um, incredibly um, upsetting to potentially continue like Uba raising that and talking about that I think is important now Aaron using the word abusive is also a word that Uba used earlier in the episode so I don't know that they necessarily I don't know that whether they cancel themselves out or whatever, because they both said the other person was abusive. But the like, I'm afraid of being your friend. 
is important when we it's important to understand Aaron's intent in that moment, but it's also important to understand the connection to like the history of how black women are criticized and judged and held accountable in a way that it's entirely different to women who are not black women, most especially white women. Like that's and it, there's a huge difference. And also the fact that Erin immediately gets everybody else's empathy because she's the one who's crying. I really I, I understand that she could be genuinely right. upset, but I also thought it was disingenuous. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom or a maternal figure in your life? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you want to ask. Then she can either type up her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I want to know about the stories of how my mom and dad grew up. What's the first thing they remember after they were born? That's one of the questions I sent to my dad after signing up for my life in a book. And I can't think of a greater gift to give my dad in sharing his stories and to receive. It's super easy to use. My favorite part of it, as someone who sometimes lives on turtle time and forgets <laughs> about sending or receiving email, is that they reach out a couple days prior to sending questions 
questions, just so I know of what questions they're going to send to my dad, if I wanna change it for another question or customize it with something that I want to know. It's that kind of specificity and care that I love so much. This is genuinely an incredible, incredible gift. There's no greater present than I could give a family member or a loved one than to participate in this kind of meaningful appreciation for the entirety of their lives, separate from my own. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom or loved one this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com with code ANDYSGIRLS for 10% off today. And thank the Jills Aaron and your life and mine. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels 
heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. So there, there are two things that I, I, I agree with everything you're saying about um, uh, giving validation to Uba and her um, not being seen as the angry black woman. Like I, I, I get, I give that full validation, but there are two things that I wanted to bring up. One is that um, in the hot tub, it wasn't Aaron who said, who, who first started talking about things going too far and things being too escalated and too, I mean, the word that she used was abusive, but like it was, it was the other people in the hot tub who started, who started telegraphing that. So it wasn't, so I think I think we can sort of assume because we only see you know a portion of these fights and a portion of these scenes, so we can assume that 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 altercation that situation was even more dramatic than what we saw based on the fact that the other people in the hot tub were like, oh, this is going too far. Like Bryn saying that, um, Sai acknowledging that. I think even Jessel maybe had a word about that too. Um, I think the fact that they were the ones who who said that first instead of of Aaron, I think sort of gives a little bit of validation to to Aaron's stance of this being too much and it being too mean and being too aggressive. Um, but the other thing that I want to talk about, which is I think my biggest issue with this season of 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 Roni is all of the things that you were talking about with Uba and with Sai were sending confessionals. All like most most of the things that we hear about are we hear about in confessionals. Like they, they they talk about things very clearly. They put things in in great context. They talk about 
um, you know, social mores that we need to really be addressing. But they do that in confessionals. Uba talking about her mother or her family, excuse me, not her mother, her family checking in on her. Um, and that's why she needed her phone. She said that in confessionals. She said it once in the middle of like a, a large, a larger rant that I, that we saw on TV. And I think it was really lost. But like her talking about the reason why she needed her phone, why she was reacting this way was mostly articulated through confessionals. So I also don't really fault Aaron for not understanding why this was such a big deal and not, not just merely a silly prank because all that was explained to us as viewers through confessionals, but not ever really articulated minus that this one really, um, you know, large rant that had other things going on with it to Aaron. Um, and I, and I, th- I think this is a, just a bigger issue with the show where the confessionals are becoming the storytelling instead of the story becoming the storytelling. Totally hear you. And Evan Real actually discussed sort of the introduction of confessionals in reality TV storytelling when he compared it to The Hills and the fact that at that point in reality TV programming, confessionals were not a thing. And if they were, it was nowhere near, certainly was not a part of The Hills. Mm-hmm. where during its original season it was like no you might be crafting a fucking like editing and story <laughs> editing like the yeah. fuck out of this to make something that appears to be real that was highly highly produced but you're doing that through the scenes themselves you're not needing to rely on someone to share more perspective after the fact so i totally get that but to Two responses for me, I mean, as opposed to literally who else are we recording <laughs> with right now? One is that Uba talked about the use of the tropes at Elvis's tiki bar. So like that was discussed on camera. That was not something that was discussed only in a confessional. So there is that. And also Aaron had the opportunity to hear Uba's perspective not in a confessional, but at the first point in which they were attempting to sort of quasi-apologize to, to each other or really talk it out. But she didn't. She cut off Uba, and then Uba was like, let me try to find my phone, and then couldn't find the phone. Erin allowed herself to share her upset, but judged and sort of disagreed with Uba's. She did not do the thing that Uba did for her, which was to extend grace. And she got it twice. She got it in the first, she got it several times, but she got it in their first sit down uh, when they were attempting to talk things out and continued fighting. And she got it after she started to cry. And I just thought it was fascinating to watch the ways that Aaron came out of this as someone who seemed to cry it out and then move forward without really acknowledging her behavior. And the reality is, did Uba overreact? Yeah, like you could say that she did, but is it were is it deserving of someone being like I'm afraid of our friendship? I'm afraid of being friends with you? No. Like did they both say things that they that were hot that were in the moment where Uba's saying like, you know, you're full of shit or or you're I I forget what she was saying where she was like you're a spoiled brat or something. Mm-hmm. They said a lot of things to and about each other because you sometimes do that when you're fighting with someone and, and there is something to be said for the fact that like Obviously, these women, I do think, care about each other, but there's also a difference in how Aaron fought with Uba that I thought was 
particularly unfair. And I'm saying that acknowledging the fact that like, yeah, did Uba say too, did, do, did she do too much in that moment and like taking the sunglasses off her face? Sure. Was setting the timer for 45 minutes, which went off at Elvis's bar funny? I would say 100%. It was like, I, I laughed out loud. I, I thought it was my phone. I watched the episode twice. And both times I thought it was my phone, including after I had already seen that moment and knew it was coming. But I just think this is the whole conversation is like the way that Aaron was speaking about Uba as a black woman is important to acknowledge. You can say two things at once. You can say that a person might have the opinion that did Uba overreact in the moment? Sure. A person might agree with that or might not. Can you also say on top of that, was there reason connected to her experience traveling a lot and wanting to stay connected with her family? And maybe a part of that is losing her mom and wanting to feel that kind of love from wherever she is, wherever she's working. Like you can say that too. And also there is the introduction of the ways that Erin responded to her that can be felt differently if you are a black woman on the receiving end of that, where it's, mm -hmm. it is important to me to acknowledge that I felt like Erin, again, my opinion of every right to disagree, was relying on something that some white women <laughs> have been accused of doing, which is like the, it's like that the, the, you know, humor sarcasm that some people apply to quote unquote, a white woman's tears, which is not to say that she wasn't also upset, but I did feel in the moment that she was trying to deescalate in a way that protected herself. And like, I, I think Aaron's a great, I think Aaron's a great housewife. Mm -hmm. I am curious to how the reunion went for her. I, you know, think she, her <laughs> native New Yorkerness is amazing to see. I really appreciate it. And I just felt like she was being manipulative in this episode. And like, she had her own part in making this into too big of a thing. And also on top of that, maybe this was a learning moment for Erin if she has the capacity yeah. to learn that like saying you were afraid of this person and this person being a black woman, not okay to be like, well, but I don't feel like I don't feel that way because you're taking out the impact of that, uh, of your behavior. And I, I think that Erin is a person of privilege. And the fact that she's like referencing her biggest upset happening in the seventh grade when someone made fun of her jaw, like... Sure, can childhood bullying or, or or snarky, rude remarks, can that stay with a person? Absolutely. But also, like, I mean, sweetie, come on. Like, you are kind of a spoiled brat. Like, I, I like you on the show, but you are. You, you are spoiled. Well, speaking of gay people, because you know it was a gay guy who gave her the nickname Long John, Long John Silver. Like, <laughs> that had, to, had been, like, a gay middle schooler. Um, I was chatting with a friend, like a Rattle friend of mine who also <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was talking with a friend of mine about uh, housewives, and they're um, a gay friend of mine, and his philosophy about why people have such a strong negative reaction to Erin um, is that she's so many gay men's like friend. Like, like I know so many. Aaron's in New York City. Honestly, it might be talking to one. Let's keep it real. 
like it's just like you know like the jewish girl who has a lot of money grew up in new york and works in like pr or well, in her case I guess, yeah. I guess she's real estate or you know like we there, like air there are so many areas that exist and like we go to brunch with them and you know like have like go to their birthday parties that are at you no know, you know the, the restaurant that should not be named <laughs> And like it's wild to, to to see our errands now become a real housewife. Like the fact that like we're of the age where like our errand is a real housewife, and like that that kind of person can be considered entertainment for the masses is kind of wild. <laughs> um, so so the, the, he was he was saying like there's like a lot of resentments surrounding that truth that may may lead to why a lot of people really don't like her. Um, I mean, there are other reasons not to 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 like her or to not like her, but that that's I think one funny one. Um, but I do think like I mean, obviously, like we're two white women talking about this, and it's it's hard to. Did you just say we're really... two white women talking about this? <laughs> yes. Oh right. Okay, that took me a second. That was a, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so it's 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 hard to really sort of characterize. Um, how this lands with, um, you know, Housewives fans or people of color. Um, but I think, but I think that the thing that I could talk about is how it lands as entertainment. Mm. And I had a really hard time with this episode because, like I said, like I just thought that giving so much space and so much airtime and so much controversy to the stupid phone thing, I was just like, if I hear Uba talk about this phone, one more damn time i'm gonna lose it yeah i just yeah like i just i just thought it wasn't good tv like the hot tub scene ended up being good and all that but like seeing them at elvis's bar and you know her in the 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 car twice ranting and raving about it i was just like i this is not interesting to me it's not good tv i think it's ridiculous that she's talking about this like i just didn't find it to be interesting it wasn't fun in the way that like petty things in housewives can be fun it wasn't like a, you know the champagne or the the wine glasses for the champagne flute it wasn't you know things that are you know silly things to talk about in housewives like it was in this weird middle ground of it like not being petty but also not being serious enough to warrant all of this and i was just like i can't i can't listen to her talk about this anymore well there is one thing that I want to acknowledge that we don't have a lot of information about, which is that Uba referenced, I think it was on social media, but I honestly forget because um, I think it was after last week's episode, maybe. I, I really don't remember um, that there was actually more that was going on at that time that does come up at the reunion. Um, so it is possible that we are going to get a little bit more context. And that's fine. But I'm going to say like from what we saw as yeah. viewers, as, as an audience, I just thought it was like, Oh my God, not this again. Well, it's, it's one of those things, you know, I really, I didn't think it was bad TV. It didn't feel uncomfortable for me to watch. I in fact watched it twice. I, the, uh, the level of discomfort that I felt was more related to the fact that Erin was positioning herself and again she might really genuinely feel it god bless but that she was positioning herself as the victim of accountability for her own behavior which is a group of women I'm sure it's not fun like hashtag 
systematic systematic accountability instead of systematic bullying. I'm sure it's not mm. pleasant when a group of women are like, yeah, you just spent the day being yelled at. And P.S. I like tend to agree. That's not going to be a pleasant experience. She's talking about the fact that she feels like some of these women turned on her. But the reality is some of them have a, a valid reason for saying I'm kind of pissed at you. And like now feels like a pretty good opportunity to bring that up. There's something really, there's something really interesting about that that though that I think about a lot with um <laughs> like, like my therapy is housewives obviously so I was thinking about my life and my friends and you know there are times where like you know like we all have, have you know just whole lists on our phones for for able to speak yes. about our friends and I I've been a part of or I've been a witness to certain times where you know there's a friend of mine who has whose behavior has been out of, you know, out of bounds and has to be addressed by someone else. And then during that one-on-one thing, everyone else starts hearing their grievances because we all have grievances about our friends. Yeah. Um, And t- when does it escalate from just an airing of grievances to becoming an unfair pile on? And I think that was the line that seems to have been crossed in this episode where it wasn't just like, People being like, well, also you did this to me and also you did this to me and also you did this to me while a person was already trying to process the hurt that she caused Uba or, you know, someone else like oh, the, the, the the issue that's at the center of all this to then hear everything else happen and then to have the everything else escalate to the point that it became, I think is. And it could, because I've witnessed this, that that's, that's when it becomes sort of like this cruel thing and it's easy to sort of like have the crowd mentality of being like well if they're saying this and i'm gonna say this too and then i'm gonna say this too and not have sort of any um not have a a recognition of how a person might feel in response to it and i think that was like a very real and relatable friendship moment because i've seen that happen and i've seen it escalate too far and i, I in my feeling is that it escalated too far in this case too well, that's an important perspective. And it's also I really appreciate the the information that you're sharing, the background that you're sharing from your experiences, because at the end of the day, oftentimes, how can it not? Our perceptions and opinions are often shaped by our own experiences. And there would be no way for me to know that unless you yourself have said it to me as a way of explaining it. And so when we talk about our our opinions on housewives, often people come to these shows and recognize these shows differently and have different thoughts and feels about them. And how else can a person shape an opinion but having a little bit of history get involved? So like, I appreciate that. And also, when we're talking about the group dynamic, we're saying two things here. One is it's important to listen to the women as a group and a collective saying that they felt like Uba's behavior was going too far. And also, when they're saying that Aaron's behavior is too far, Mm -hmm. that feels too far, which is a little bit of a, I mean, interesting (laughs) thing to think about when it comes to whether or not a group dynamic is good or or not. Yeah. Well, that's also something that I, one of the reasons why I've been really liking this reboot is... I can tell these these women who you know everyone knows that these housewives are cast and they they're not like actual friends of real life before the show starts yeah. and all of that and all these storylines like I've known them since whatever year it's all just like trying to to like latch off to some sort of connectivity 
to make audiences believe that they're friends. Um, but I see this cast trying to actually form some sort of bond with each other. And, and when they talk about things like their friend group and feeling betrayed, feeling hurt and all those things, I think it is because they really are trying to have real friendships. And I really enjoy that about this show. Um, whereas you can see shows that have been on for so long, like, like the last years of Roni, yeah. where like you knew that like, you know, Ramona and Luann did not see each other right for the nine months they weren't filming and had to suddenly pretend to be friends again. Like, like this, I appreciate like they're, they're like, we're doing this show and we are going to try to be close friends while we're filming this show. And that, that close friendship surfaces all of this ugliness because friendships, I mean, maybe I'm projecting too much of myself onto this, but maybe you also feel this way, but like, I feel like friendships are as ugly as they are beautiful. And there's more drama than there sometimes is fun with them because you are being real and intimate with a person. And I feel like that's starting to come up on the show, the closer these people are getting to each other. 100%. And also, if we are going to really share some stuff from our histories and relationships um, for the purpose of bettering the understanding of how we've come to believe something about um, what we're watching on TV. I should also add to the mix, which maybe doesn't necessarily help <laughs> the opinion that I've had. It's <laughs> easy for me to have certain opinions and like throw things, you know, oh, it's a nothing burger or whatever else, or like, you know, being on Housewives is being extra. And like, this is what we have sort of come to expect. I, I do think that Uba overreacted. I think they both overreacted in different ways. Mm -hmm. And the impact of one person's opinion of the other person's reaction is different like it's just going to be different yeah but also i do not deal well in situations where i am being yelled at i have a loud voice i may be very passionate i think uba and i possibly communicate similarly in like the literal volume in that we are very expressive with our <laughs> our voices um but i was in a i've i've ended a couple best friendships as an adult. Mm -hmm, I have okay. been that person to be like, um, it's not you, it's me, but like it, it really truly is you. And I think we need to go our separate ways. And it, it has been me in the driver's seat. And that is something that I'm sure I will get to in therapy at some point. Yeah. But um, I don't deal well because of experiences that I've had being in violent situations. I don't deal well with someone being physically reactive to me. I do not deal with, there's a difference between like me being very loud, which I can be, where I'm like sort of almost performatively loud at points because I think it's funny, versus someone being mad and loud. I, mm -hmm. my instinct based on things that I have experienced is to try to de-escalate that. And I got into a thing with someone who was a literal best friend because they used to yell at me when they were mad. And I said to them repeatedly, I understand that that is the language that you grew up learning how to speak. Like that is your expression of upset, but it makes me feel physically unsafe. Like it, mm -hmm. it, 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 my body literally reacts to it as it has reacted in violent situations where I am 
I, it's like a, a nervous system response because I have been in situations where stuff has happened, yada, yada. I don't feel safe. So I have tried, I tried to explain to that person when you yell at me, not only is it like disrespectful, you know, there's that too, but also it makes me physically uncomfortable and that they couldn't not do it. And I said, I'm sorry, I, we cannot continue this friendship. I cannot feel both disrespected and like, like I'm constantly physically in a position of needing to deescalate because it's too triggering for me. And it's mm -hmm. not to say that they they were wrong in that. It's just to say that my capacity is different because of things I have experienced and it's not going to change. I am not going to work on being better at being yelled at. That's not the kind of growth that I want to have. My growth is recognizing that we are different people who communicate differently and it's no longer healthy for this relationship to continue. And so like if I was in Aaron's position and someone was physically taking sunglasses off of me and, you know, speaking in a loud tone, potentially yelling at points, I am sure that I would be upset about that. But also Aaron did other things that was that that were upsetting to other people. Like my guess is that Jessel is going to have some thoughts on Aaron constantly making snide remarks about her over the course of the season. And she will have a notes app in which to study that. I mean, it's Yom Kippur. <laughs> Those are going to be our fucking like holy Torah scrolls right, is right. like her notes app at the reunion. <laughs> so it's Aaron is so especially not innocent in this that again, it's like not hashtag I stand, but like she's a great housewife because of that and I don't want to take away I don't want to take away from the like I get it you don't want to be yelled at. I get it but I also think Erin did yelling too she called her a bitch yeah I don't I, I want to be clear that like I don't think that Erin should be absolved or exonerated for any of her behavior or for any of her part in this I just think that what happened especially in that hot tub was too much and um that does that like it like two things are true like aaron deserves to be held accountable aaron's behavior deserves to be called out but also what happened in the hot tub was i i, I felt like was unfair yes and also language matters and you can say that uba is reactive you could say potentially that you felt like she yelled if she did but when speaking to and about a black woman saying that she is aggressive that her behavior is aggressive is a reflection of her that is treated differently than if you said you meaning quite literally you or anybody else including aaron than saying that aaron is aggressive the reality mm -hmm. is that it's the impact of that is different for a black woman whose behavior is judged at a scale that is used as a stereotype of black women in general, that it, it would not ever be used for Aaron. Now, there are mm -hmm. stereotypes of Jewish women that can be a joke or not, but it is entirely not the same thing when talking about issues relating to race. And I don't think that Aaron is the most educated on that topic. I really, without knowing her, based on glimpses of her that I have seen on other people talking about working who with her on who TikTok. She, who she donates to. Who she donates to or voted for, you know, God bless. I have very different opinions than she does politically on some stuff we very well might agree on other things. I, I truly do not. 
And the reality is, I think some of this information is new for her. I would be curious if she has an understanding of the ways that like language is incredibly important when you are talking right. about how Uva was expressing herself. And it is it is possible that I'm like going a little bit in the opposite direction as a result because I know what Uba is up against. And I looked at the comments on some of Aaron's posts and I don't know that Aaron is aware of black Twitter. I, I am not on Twitter. <laughs> I'm guessing she was dragged. I do think in many ways, deservedly so. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of fascinated by some of the comments that were put on her post by people holding her account of, accountable for her behavior and saying, how dare anyone criticize you for feeling upset? Like it was sort of a fascinating microcosm of society and a certain system in general. Yeah. I would be curious for how Aaron reacts to this at the reunion. I, I really genuinely am curious for how that goes for her. Like my most like Dave Chappellean stance um, is that in terms of cancel culture, things sometimes do actually go too far. I don't agree with the idea that like um, someone should be completely dragged through the mud for one fault in this conversation and Aaron needs to be educated and she needs to be. um, She will be. She will and be. she needs she needs to understand. She might be as a result of people's reactions to her. Right. And, and, and I think yeah. that's the best thing about this. And again, with like the two things can be true, whereas like where I think that like Aaron being educated about these tropes and why she was being triggering and why people might have a, a negative reaction to her behavior um and to her language is going to be a good thing. And then also understanding that the way things unfolded i thought were not right like it's 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 i think a lot of times in our um urgency to flag things for the right reason right meaning uh to address yeah like the discourse surrounding race and inclusivity and all of that we sometimes lose nuance and we lose both sides and and sometimes both sides aren't equal, but there are still two sides to things. And so I do like I like I just said, I think that there is a lot that has to be done um to make housewives like Erin aware of the way that her behavior plays out and triggers an audience, especially people of color. And there also should be space to say that she was kind of ganged up on and that wasn't fair. I, I hear you. I get that. And I, I really appreciate nuance. And like, again, did Uba, did aspects of her behavior like go too far? Sure. Could it be really upsetting to have in that hot tub time machine a lot of people saying like, you kind of suck to Erin? Sure. Could she genuinely be crying in that moment because it's just she felt bullied? Like she felt like the majority of the cast was... um 
you know, uh, speaking ill of her. Absolutely. I would be curious if she could understand how Jessel, again, would feel if, if if we compiled the list and the clips of all of the moments that she was being dragged throughout the course of the season. I know it's not apples to apples, but it is. These women are holding apples. So I'm going to look at which are <laughs> polished accordingly. Um, and so like and it can cancel culture. Do people go too far? I mean, we're watching Housewives. These women get death threats when they like wear a bad dress. Like mm-hmm. you're up against a tidal wave of people making immediate, long-lasting, seemingly long-lasting judgment based on whatever happened at that episode. And it's the extremity that I can't stand. It's the fact that like the judgments that are made are so extreme and they're just so staunch and they can't be moved or reasoned with. That's what I can't stand. Totally. And people are going to feel that and they're going to have their own judgment off of, you know, why certain certain housewives are loathed more than others. Uh, Maybe that's because of their behavior in certain seasons and maybe they've grown from that. But the audience won't allow that growth to be understood. Like you have to at some at some points, give yourself permission to change and evolve your opinion of a housewife and people may or may not. There are housewives who annoy the fuck out of me. And that opinion has remained relatively consistent. And also housewives who have annoyed me greatly at different points and who I've grown to appreciate as like Mm -hmm. very complicated individuals. I give myself permission to evolve. I'm I'm curious who those are, who the ones that you've changed your mind about. I haven't. Oh, like Danielle Staub is like, I'm probably never going to change my opinion on Danielle Staub and on Diana in Beverly Hills. I... I'm not interested in <laughs> understanding whether or not these women are nuanced because I think I'm just not the audience for mm-hmm. that. Um, Candace and I have had a complicated one-sided relationship mm-hmm. and a lot of that is because I have an eating disorder and she has said terrible, awful, fat shaming comments that have been extremely triggering to me. And also we had a one-on-one conversation. I found myself I was inconsolably upset after because I was so so triggered by it because of just things that I have experienced that like mm-hmm. the the things that she was saying to me are like some of like the worst possible things that you could say to someone who doesn't you know like I'm open about some things in my life and really not about others and so that really tapped into something that I found inc- incredibly upsetting for my own like treatment and recovery yeah. And also I I have grown to really appreciate other aspects of her and hold her accountable for other things. I think Candace is complicated and I'm not willing she's also great TV and I'm not willing mm-hmm. to just kind of like throw her out and say, you know, like I'm just going to continue to dislike you cuz I actually don't think that's healthy or helpful for myself. I I would like to give myself permission as I have to be like there are things that you've done on social media and on the show that are like not good. I find it interesting. The things that she's willing to acknowledge and take responsibility for and the things she refuses to, that's maybe based on her own shit. We're all on our own journey. And also, you know, she had a great last season. So like, what do you want from me? You know, it's like I give myself permission to be a complicated person. Like I give myself permission to make mistakes. I have the benefit of not doing that in front of hundreds of thousands of people every week. Right, right. No, it's hard. I, I understand that completely. Like I sometimes like like even like like we've been talking about Aaron a lot, so I'm gonna use this as an example. Like it's part of me, like the the person who is a gay man living in New York City who fears about our world. 
the knowledge that she donated to a Trump campaign after he was elected. I've read all of her comments about the reasons why and all of that. I buy some of them. I don't buy some of them. Um, like that's a really hard pill to swallow to know that this person is now going to benefit from the fame of real housewives. But at the same time, I really like her as a housewife. So it's trying to like reckon with your own moral compass while watching these shows. And it's, it, it, I mean, that's the small end of it. Weirdly, like there's the, the more extreme end of like, do I want to see Erica Jane on my TV anymore? Knowing what I know about like her husband and even her and and all that and victims and that kind of stuff like it's it's sort of the conscience reckoning of like what do you what are you willing to um consider entertainment and what is just deplorable and how those two things can coexist and how those two things should inform each other it's it's a really strange relationship and also speaking of nuance and hashtag cancel culture or whatever else, um, which is a system many of us just carry within, regardless of how you feel on a political spectrum, um, there is also the opportunity on Housewives to engage with someone and their humanity, maybe understanding that you have strong political differences or not, and being in a position where you're giving them the benefit of your attention in ways that you might not necessarily. There is the way that we as a culture and as a country have grown incredibly accustomed. And this is a privilege for me to say this and say that there's an option. And I'm saying this from a position of like, maybe I felt safe to do this at points and maybe I did not. You know, it depends on the temperature in the room at that moment. But also the ways that housewives, as much as it's focused on like archetypes and characters and caricatures of people, the way it also just by the very nature of weekly episodes that focus on a specific group and number of women that we find ourselves sometimes empathizing with people or at least being open to discussing them that mm-hmm. we might not ordinarily because we've become so extreme in our divisiveness. And if there was a way for us to talk to each other and not begin with voting records or not writing someone off because of their voting record, imagine what conversation might come as a result of that. Maybe you can build up enough trust to say, and listen, can we talk about our differences here? And I want to share my difference and be respected for having one and not immediately shut down because that happens seemingly with everyone, regardless of how you feel. And, you know, Erin has felt like she has had some explaining to do because of her political record. She's gone on the record and said she was a, you know, single issue voter. And, you know, she's horrified that people think she's not pro-choice and yada, yada, Planned mm-hmm. Parenthood, whatever else. That is something that people are going to believe <laughs> because of her political contributions and her voting record. And the, like the thought that like some people have where she shouldn't have been cast as a real housewife because of her voting record. What? I find that 
Oh, there are tons of people like, I can't believe that she's a housewife when she voted for Trump. Yeah, that's ridiculous to me. There are so many conservative housewives. You don't want to go down. That's insane. We need people who have differences of opinions (laughs) on housewives. They're just not used to it, maybe in New York, which I can't even say without laughing, because if you think about (laughs) the season. Rich people in New York, like they're all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also, if you think about the season where Andy like went the reunion where Andy was like, I'd like you to tell me who you voted for. And some people said Hillary and some people declared to comment <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking about while you were talking I was thinking about that season that whole season of new york housewives where like clearly producers thought like this is like this is gonna be really great we're gonna have these women who are gonna be rallying for hillary clinton right and we're gonna have them campaigning and going to voting parties and instead like ramona refused to show up to the voting party because she was voting for trump <laughs> yeah and ramona you know she reads the news because she's a subscriber to the new york post is uh is a fascinating Just example. Like, like the, the total miscalculation of like thinking that they were going to do something like you know mtv's rock the voter whatever with bravo by having the new york housewives do this hillary championing and then it backfired it's so hard Yeah. And I also think for people to be like, I don't want someone on TV who doesn't represent my political ideology. You're not taking into account the fact that politics might not be discussed on other franchises, but that doesn't mean the person you stand on Uh, New Jersey or Orange County agrees with you. And there's not one person in Jersey who votes for Trump. I mean, who votes for 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 Biden? Like they they all are voting for Trump. No, I don't agree with that. I think Marge um certainly is progressive she might be the one uh jackie um although now she's a friend of jen fessler although she's a friend of friend of yeah but like, like i don't know i don't know Teresa. like I, Teresa doesn't vote Teresa <laughs> is with sonia getting a manicure like it, it, it's like to go down that path is to me remove a lot of opportunity for connection that we wouldn't but it's have. also really fun like like, I, I love doing this on Housewives, like, trying to figure out, like, who they voted for, if they voted at all. I love doing it, like, when I watch House Hunters. I'm like, oh, these people are Trumpers. Like, and it's, that's it's a stereotype a fun... that you're, yeah, yeah, you're playing with stereotypes. It's a, it's of a your fun, perception. like, parlor game to play while watching reality TV. Sure, that could be fun for you. And God bless you for doing that. <laughs> and you're also, you're, you're using stereotypes in which to make an opinion. And people do that on all sides. And, like... I have found on Andy's girls that like it's important in many ways to understand people's humanity as not trying to remove another person's humanity, even if I believe that their political record is contributing to uh, an inhumanity against communities, including my own as a Jewish person. Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, I think there's a, a real missed opportunity in um, that kind of conversation of someone saying, oh, well, I need everyone on every franchise to believe as I do, because I think you're misunderstanding, first off, what good TV is, and also misunderstanding your own valuation of these people, because what you're doing on New York, I don't think you're doing and applying to other franchises. And also, I want to see, I want to see diversity, which includes a person's political opinion on housewives. I want to see the ways that different women have different opinions and how they interact. I think that is interesting. And I think it's one of few universes in which you can have a gathering like BravoCon and have people who are certainly across a political spectrum 
who are hanging out and embracing and celebrating each other and, you know, yelling about Beverly Hills. You know, like there is something to be said for a language that we have in talking about housewives, the ways that we understand each other and can appreciate each other that sometimes end with Bravo. And wouldn't it be so incredible in a Pollyanna kind of way if it wasn't considered Pollyanna, if we could have mm-hmm. conversations that feel uncomfortable and being able to sit in that discomfort without saying, you know, it shouldn't exist. I don't know. It's something to think about. Um, uh, and and again, these are at the end of the day, our opinions as two people, people have every right to disagree with them. That's the whole point of this, the whole point of this show and of of Andy's girls and I think of housewives in general and being a bravoholic is not to say that my opinion is right. It's just to have a conversation. If we've become so accustomed to only hearing people who feel exactly the way that we do speak at all times in all areas, I don't really know if you're listening to anybody but yourself. But what I found interesting about the Bravo fandom in comparison to other fandoms is that opinion where like they think that what they are arguing or saying or thinking is is the unimpeachable right thing to say totally yeah and And it's yeah and i don't i don't find that like i cover all pop culture i don't cover just real housewives and reality tv i don't find that in other fan groups to the extent that it is with with bravo fans where they just they will say something and be like this is it this is the fact and if mm-hmm. you don't agree with me i will kill you like you should die you don't deserve to be on this earth <laughs> like it's it's crazy how extreme they are in validating their own opinions yeah when, when it's just an opinion like an opinion as you yeah. say it's something to be like <laughs> questioned yeah, it's, it's an opinion great. it's not great you know it's it's one of those things it's not great and and it certainly does exist. And you can look at literally any housewives posts on social media to see absolutely that. Someone's like posting a picture of their kitten and everyone's like, you need to. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's extreme. I, yeah, you, and you people receive housewives receive death threats. I mean, that is completely that behavior, the way that people as in um, Bravo fans interact and react to things on social media is at such a negative extreme and, and like you've been to you've been to you've been to BravoCon before like yeah people will just start heckling the stage when the housewives they don't like come on or when they start saying something i'm just like you're an adult you're an adult person who is literally shouting at the stage i don't think you would do this in, in your normal life like you seem to me to be like a normal person who has a job and doesn't like scream things at people that you don't agree with. And here you are sitting at BravoCon heckling the stage. It's wild. Well, also, but Bravo isn't normal. You're not, you're not at your nine to five. You're at a convention that is literally based on a person's obsession. The reason that they are able to sell out these events in 0.0 seconds is because there is such a high number of people who are obsessed and want to feel a part of it. So I would expect nothing else but that. Like, of course, people mm-hmm. are going to have an opinion. They've paid thousands of dollars in which to share it, which includes maybe, you know, booing Rinna. Sharing it is the interesting thing there, though. Like, you you, you earn the right to attend, but do you earn the right to, to share? 
and to attack and to like, 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 is that the right that you have? People get to decide it. I mean, it's it's something that I've talked about on BravoCon recap recap episodes, which was the level of cruelty that some people had in the Q and A's that made me extremely uncomfortable. I mean, during the Orange County Q and A in I went both years, so 2019 and 2022, and I think it was 2019. Someone got up in the Q and A and said, "Hey, Emily, they just announced the Orange County um, bar results. Do you want to know if Shane passed?" Like that was a real thing that happened. Someone was trying to humiliate her on stage, and spoiler alert: he did not pass at that attempt, and he did later on. And like Maslow mm-hmm. up to Shane, but like things that people are trying to do. Comments made, I think maybe Jackie's way in 2019 if that math is mathing that might be wrong somebody on new jersey was being like absolutely dragged through the street during the 2019 panel when they were all together and lord knows that you can speak as a um BravoCon moderator about need attempting to field that kind of you know what is often um hate directed that way but you know and people take things too far but also i think to a certain extent Bravo is relying on people to have strong opinions because they successfully monetize it. So to expect people to behave better than the Bravo lebs that they're watching every week, it's oftentimes the the check that you're writing isn't just to Bravo HQ, it's to yourself to give yourself permission to more fully be immersed into the experience of being a Bravo-holic. And that might come with some people being booed. So while I really encourage anyone who's attending BravoCon to just <laughs> don't take things too far, because some of those Q&A questions were... They're awful, yeah. They're really mean and they're cruel and it's very uncomfortable because the ways that people interact on social media, I already think is incredibly unfortunate. Um, and, And to double down on that because this is your chance to like be a housewife avatar because you're an audience member is not ideal like just you know there are funny things to ask which god bless and interesting things to ask god bless but to just use your maybe one opportunity to interact with a housewife as as an opportunity to try to humiliate her is uh not great if if that if you as a stan of someone think that this is what the housewife who you're obsessed with what she would want I would question your choice in the matter. Um, Listen, Kevin Fallon, I could talk to you all day about um, Housewives because you know I love when we have the opportunity to chat. Just a couple of hashtag writer girls having a conversation. (laughs) And I'm thankful to you coming on. And I, you know, really appreciate the fact that um, you are open and comfortable in discussing how your opinions were shaped including and especially about the latest episode. I think um, I respect that and I I really appreciate that. And I think um, these are the kinds of conversations that I love having where it's like maybe a little spirited. She's acknowledging some of disagreement. As I little as I literally twirl my hair. Um, the fact that we can have spirited conversations and respect each other, including because of our capacity to. I think that's yeah. that's an important thing. And it's it's why I'm really appreciative that AG um is a place for that, uh, potentially one of many. So I really want to thank you for coming on. Can you um tell the AGs a little bit about Daily Beast Obsessed? Because you know, um, what's the hair club for men? I'm not just a 
member. I'm also the whatever the fuck it is. Um, <laughs> tell the AGs a little bit about Daily Beast obsessed, obsessed and what they can look forward to reading. Well, the most important thing about the Daily Beast Obsessed is that uh, Sarah Galley sometimes writes for us. So, Asia, just like maybe, you know, a baker's dozen. <laughs> so, you should definitely cool. read her pieces yes. about the Real Housewives that are on our site. Um, no, we're, um, we're the Daily Beast's pop culture arm and cover all of the things that we um, notice that people are obsessed with in, in terms of TV and movies and conversations that are happening in the zeitgeist and um, try to be a place where fans of pop culture can find content that they um, can relate to. Um, so that that's our that's our shtick. And I um, and it's been officially a year of us running this. So um, things seem to be going okay, and I I hope that more people read us. And what's the thing that you get for a year? Ironically, I think it's paper. Well, ironically, we're a website. So <laughs> I, know. Well, I don't think the paper works. I don't think it works. Someone needs to um, email you an emoji of a yeah, piece of paper. They need, to, they need to redo those anniversary gifts with like page view <laughs> acknowledgements and traffic numbers. DMs for like year three, whatever it yeah. is. Um, Likes on posts. <laughs> where can people, what's the uh, website where people can um, go read all of my incredibly well-edited works? It's uh, thedailybeast.com slash obsessed. Amazing. And where can people follow you on social? And be very nice. Be very nice. Including if they Do not be the person who commented on my post about my dog's death saying she deserved it because of something that I wrote about Louis C.K. once. Did that happen? That was very specific. Oh, that's a real story. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. And then also, like, let me I post photos like of my beautiful twin nephews, and people will comment on them about my stories. I'm just like, this is just a photo of my nephews at their birthday. You, what psychopath are you? Um, but my it's it's at KP Fallon. Should you want to do that or actually say nice things? <laughs> Incredible. And guys, listen, an all new AG Patreon episode is up. It's a day of atonement for some conversation about what the fuck is happening with allegedly suspended production or or two housewives put on pause mm. in Franklin Lakes and how Bethany may or may not be involved in that decision and so much wild. more wild stuff like <laughs> literally some um updates that went up today about whatever is happening between uh Danielle and Jen um that I was very excited to deep dive um so you can listen to that episode which includes your satchels of gold your thoughts and feels questions and concerns named in honor for holiness Kelly Clore and Ben Simone at patreon.com slash Andy's girls and send me your thoughts and feels about this episode about New York about how you're feeling about the season so far and lol also I mean duh, Salt Lake City and Orange County by going to my Instagram and sliding into my DMs at Dame Galley Kevin Fallon thanks again for coming on you know I love any opportunity to deep dive so I'm so appreciative for your for your voice on this app hashtag Archie forever <laughs> on that note guys thanks to all of you for listening and being a part of the conversation and we will chat with you soon bye bye <laughs>